On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Morgan Tucker is an alternative country singer from a small town in north-south Wales called Dorigo. He's been influenced by the outlaw country movement from pioneers like Willie and Waylon, Sturgill Simpson, and Charlie Crockett. After being a frontman for most of his life, he decided to release his own project. The album, For Better or Worse, is his debut solo project. Morgan is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Morgan. Welcome to the program today. Thanks for joining me. G'day, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. And uh, we are talking... Um, Long distance, uh, really long distance. You are in New South Wales, you were telling me, in a small town called what again? Uh, uh, Dorigo, a little town called Dorigo. It's a little mountain town. It's got a population of about oh, about 3,000 people in the general area on the plateau here. Yeah. So it's a pretty small little country town. Has that been home your whole life? Yeah, I was actually... Uh, I. When I was a young fellow, I grew up about half an hour out of here, which is even further out in the bush, um, in an even smaller little town. Um, but then, you know, lived in different places, lived in Sydney and uh, for for about 12 years as an, as okay. an adult. And then uh-huh. me and my partner moved back to Dorigo to have our family here. And it's a great place to have a family and for the kids to grow up. Yeah. Cool. Um, has music been yeah. part of your life for your whole life? Since a young age, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think I was twelve when I first when I played my first gig. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty yeah. Young. Sort of been playing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So been playing playing for most of my life, um, through different styles of music as, as well. You know, I I sort of settled on um, some form of country music. Well, uh, it's probably not you know your traditional country music, but um, probably you know more of a, an alternative rock country music as a in my mid-20s but up to then i, I t- put my toe in a few different types of uh, music yeah. ranging from you know hard hardcore and punk and hip-hop all different sort of things as you do as a teenager and um and then for the last sort of 20 years i've been been uh making uh sort of an alternative country music what was your exposure as a younger person what got you inspired to want to pursue it in, in a more professional way do you mean as as a young as a young fellow? Yeah, when as, you were when you were uh, younger. Young yeah, when you were younger and started playing, and what 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 were some of your influences? Who were some of the who were some of the bands and and artists that really inspired you to pursue? Yeah, okay. It? Well, uh, look, I've grown up listening to Bob Dylan. My folks listened to Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, the first the first. CD I ever bought was secondhand from a market, so it was Highway 61. Okay, um, <laughs> cool. And you know, when I first started playing guitar, that was you know learning learning Bob Dylan songs and 
and you know other sort of music from the 60s and 70s that yeah. my, you know I got to from my parents you know whether it be um Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or uh the Doors you know like a, a lot of that sort of stuff yeah. as a young fella yeah um which and also I grew up in a small country town like I said but there was a lot of artistic people around and a lot of musicians around okay. so a lot of my sort of um uncles not blood uncles but people I've grown up with sure. would be playing in a band and there was always that around me yeah yeah okay um did you pursue it through school uh after high school or did you go straight into some some form of playing music you know for on a professional scale um oh look i i had a, we had a high school band that we um we were we were pretty successful for the for the country town we were in um you know we played some pretty some pretty big shows uh -huh. um but that was that was more sort of hardcore music and um and then i went and moved to sydney um and you've lived a life like a a young person does when they move to a big city <laughs> you know a lot of fun for yeah sure a lot of fun for a young man who's got out of the country and gone to the big city right right um and um it was sort of around that time and i think i think it was those those Johnny Cash albums that he recorded with Rick Rubin, sure. they were a big part of yeah. exposure for me. Okay, um, of of what country music, or, or how it could be relatable to me, maybe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, because because they're so open those albums, and they're really, you know, they invite anyone in. You yeah, know? And sure, sure. Because of the do. songs that they chose, right? Because of the songs they chose too, I think. Um, you know, you'd recognize some of those songs and of go, course, oh, look, yeah. here's Johnny Cash doing Soundgarden or something right, like that, you right, know? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that really um, opened my eyes to it. And from there, you know, then, then, you, then you start listening to Hank Williams or, and Waylon right. Jennings or right. Willie Nelson, right. you know. Um, and then I it, it's, it never looked back. When did you start writing songs? Um, well... I've always sort of had a crack at it through mm -hmm. different styles of music, and like I said, from a young age, mm -hmm. um, I remember as a as a as a real young fellow, you know, like when I very maybe even before I started playing guitar, thinking that I was writing songs and singing them <laughs> to my folks or whatever. And yeah, sure. I, I think they were probably you know like pretty cheesy one line songs, but I think it's always been there. Yeah, um, I probably got serious with it though, sort of yeah, in my early twenties. Right, um, mid twenties, and yeah. I was playing in a band in Sydney uh, called Billy Goat and the Mongrels. Okay, which is a, a pretty funny name. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and and Billy Billy Goat was one of my nicknames. So it was Billy Goat and the Mongrels, and um, we were a ragtag sort of bunch. Um, we were just friends, you know. We right, were friends right. and would be playing in our living room. Anyway, um, we'd often be playing cricket up at the park, and then we'd come home and play guitar in the living room. And, and have a few drinks and whatnot. And um, it, it sort of took off from there. And we, we ended up playing for about 10 years in Sydney and um, being quite playing, you know, playing some great venues, playing mm -hmm. some good festivals. We mm -hmm. recorded a couple of albums. Um, we were never, we never got over that hump of being to the successful stage. You know, we, um, right. we always drank more 
drank more at the bar than we ever got paid for any gig. <laughs> it was a, a bit of a wild, a wild old affair, but we had a lot of fun. That's for sure. So you were you were holding down a day job while you were pursuing your your uh, entertainment side. Yeah, I still am, mate. Still yeah, am. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, like like a lot of people, and especially post pandemic. Uh, it's become even harder to yeah. to make a living as a musician. So I certainly respect the uh, the dedication that that you guys put to your music because um, I, I know it's tough out there. Um, you... Oh, look! I, I, I take my hat off to anyone that can make a living from music, but it's a very select few. And I, I think I don't I know how this relates to America, but Australia's quite a limited sort of scene, especially you know. If uh-huh. you're, go uh, into a Pacific style of music, so the Australian country music scene. And and then, uh, you know, there's very few people that can make an actual living out of it. Um, so right. I, I came to the realisation a while back that I wasn't going to be making a living out of it. And so I stopped. I sort of made this decision. I'm just going to make music that I want to make. Yeah. You know? I'm, yeah. I'm not going to listen to to trends or play cover band or yeah. you know, I'm I'm just going to do exactly what I want to do, and if people want to listen to it, then that's great, you know. Sure. But um, really, it's it's it it takes that pressure off, you know. Right. It sort of. Sure. I've got the job. I know I can pay my mortgage, and for my music is purely something that I want to do. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, certainly the most authentic way to look at it because you're not making it for um, you're not making it as as much. Uh, for money to be the end goal, you, you know, it's your own personal pleasure first. And, uh, you know, like you say, whoever likes it, then that's that's the gravy on top of, of the effort that you've put yeah, into Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so you yeah, have a new yeah, and a new album out, which is your first, uh, your, your, your debut solo album, right? It's the debut solo album. Um, like I said, we I had recorded and we, you know, just uh, self-released two albums and an EP with my previous band in Sydney. But this is my um, debut solo album, and it's a collection of songs written over the last 10 years since I moved away from Sydney and okay. back up home to the to the mountains of Dorigo. Yeah. Have, have you been collecting them with the intention of recording an album eventually, or, or were you not thinking that far into it? Uh, no, not originally, no. Um, so for, for the most part, you know, I've just been doing it as when they come, you know, uh-huh. I'll sometimes get the inspiration and, and a song will come to me and I'll write it down. Um, I'm very good at starting songs, Greg, but not very good at finishing them. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, to, to get this 11 songs, there's probably another hundred that never got finished. Sure. But yeah. that's just the way it goes. Right. Um, but then it came about last year. And it was sort of it was through a conversation with a couple of other museo mates. Actually, we'd we'd just played a gig, and we were having a, a few drinks afterwards and chatting. And they had both recently recorded an album, and um, you know they were hassling me, saying, "Where's your album? Why why haven't you got one going?" And I, I'd sort of always put it a little bit out of reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, making an album's not a not a cheap thing, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have help from a you know, a record label or, sure. or something like that. You know, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you're paying for the whole thing out of your own pocket, it, it's certainly not a cheap thing. And, and you know, I've got a young family um, well, and a mortgage, you know, so it yeah. wasn't sort of high on my list. Right. <laughs> um, but then it, it came about just sort of by chance. Um, one of these guys that I was talking to had suggested to me, he said, 
you should get in touch with Bill Chambers. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Chambers. He's He's been around in the Australian country music scene for a long time, sure. um, both for his solo work and his work with his daughter, Casey Chambers, yeah. who's one of Australia's yeah. biggest country music uh, stars. Of course. Yeah. And, um, and so my, my mate, he said, you should get in contact with him. You know, he's got a little studio. He's he's producing albums. And I reckon you guys would be a good fit. Yeah. And so I, I wrote... I wrote Bill an email, and I sent him sent him one of my songs, and just sort of put the feelers out there. Mm-hmm. And he got he got back to me straight away the next day. He rang me up, and we talked for about half an hour on the phone, and and there was a connection right away. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And so this opportunity sort of presented itself, and at the same time, I uh, we had just got approved for an extension on our homeland to do some renovations. Okay. Um, <laughs> And so my my ever loving wife, God bless her, said, "Go on, do it. You, you can you can have some of that money, and you can go and record your album." Yeah, um, which was which was amazing of her to do that. You know, like right, right. It's it's always been my thing, and it and it's and she's you know supported me when I've gone off to play gigs, and she's at home with the kids and stuff like that. And then for her to go, yep take some of that money, go record this album, do yeah, it. Yeah. And so that's, awesome. that, that's sort of how it came about. That's yeah. how it came about. Yeah. And, um, and then when I had the the sort of uh, deadline in my head, that's when uh, probably about four or four or five of these songs sort of got written within those uh, few months leading up to the, okay. to the release of the album. Yeah. So you, you did it write some of better with a deadline. Yeah. Some of these songs then are, are newer. Writing with the intention of putting them on this album, then. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I've, I've always worked better to a deadline. <laughs> right. You know, if, if you don't have a deadline, you can just tinker with a song forever. Sure. Yeah, I think we all we all work better under pressure. <laughs> did, yeah. For did sure. you? Uh, do you? So, um, did you have a band? Uh, did you use studio guys, or did you did you ring up some of your your bandmates from the previous your previous band? Uh, so for the majority of the album, it's a couple of studio guys. So I've got um, Jeff McCormack, who's a great bass player. He also mastered the album. Okay. Um, he plays in, in Casey Chambers' band as well. Um, so it was great to have him on board. He's a really, really lovely guy. And then Paul Novacell on the drums. So Bill Bill Chambers organised those guys. Yeah. And we went in and we recorded, we recorded my part live with the drums and the bass. And then uh, for the first couple of days, and then and then did a few days worth of overdubs, including Bill Chambers playing all the slide guitars on there. Yeah. Um, and then then I did get a couple of my mates. I got um, David Parham, who's was the guitarist in that band that I used to play with in Sydney. So I got him there to come and play on a couple of tracks. And uh, my other good mate Rob Imerson, who was the one I was saying, who actually suggested in the first place that I go and. Uh, get in contact with Bill Chambers. So he comes and he does the harmonica and, uh, and a few harmonies oh, yeah. on a okay. couple of tracks. And it's it's just out, right? It hasn't been out very long officially, correct? No. Uh, well, it, uh, sort of foolishly, as soon as it was ready, I put it up on streaming. And, okay. and then afterwards, <laughs> everyone's told me, that's not what you're meant to do, you know. Yeah. Um, so it has been up on streaming for uh, since the end of last year, towards the very end of last year. Okay. But, um we're just sort of giving it the push now. We're we're pushing a single, uh, Marianne is what right. we're pushing as the first single, um, and so 
although it has been up on streaming for a couple of months, we're sort of treating it like it's this is this is it sort of launch now. Sure. Yeah. And the album is for better or worse is the title, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So what do, what do you want to do with it? Do you have long range plans? Uh, you know, you we we talked earlier that you, you're holding down day job. Do you do you want to get out on the road with it a little bit, or do you do you plan to do some some festivals and gigs with this with this music? Yeah, look, I'd, I would like to play a few gigs to promote it. Um, I've ordered, I've actually ordered a few um, some vinyls. You know, only a small amount, yeah. but um, it's a pretty big deal for me because I, I've got a record player myself and a, having a vinyl collection, and sure. and to be able to have a copy of the record is a pretty big deal for me. <laughs> Absolutely, so, yeah. And, you know, so I've got some of them coming, um, and I will have to go and play a few gigs to try to flog some of them because <laughs> I need to get a few few bucks back on them. I can tell you. But yeah, um, yeah. but really, as far as as long term sort of goals go, mate, it, it's you know um, I don't know. I, I, to me, I feel like I've, I've made this collection of songs. I've put it together. I'm really happy with the record. I'd be happy for other people to hear it. Um, but I don't have any grand plans of, you know, yeah. I, I won't be making my way over to America anytime soon, I don't think, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you never know. You know, there's always room for another musician over here. There's plenty of uh, Americana, alternative country really has a, a, a strong and younger and newer following. Uh, it seems to be growing every year here. And uh, the my first impression, especially of a few of the songs, uh, after listening to it, it, it has a John Prine feel to it uh, with, with that country mixed in. I, you've got a unique sound. I think you. I think you really have a something to be proud of for sure. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, you're not the first person to mention John Prine. Actually, um, Bill Chambers himself. He he, he uh, said he he thought John Prine must have been a big influence on me. Um, and look, I've I've listened to a bit of John Prine, and and I've covered a couple of his songs. Uh-huh. He's written some great songs. Um, Paradise is one that oh, I, of course, I, yeah. I sing from time to time, yeah. which is a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, but compared to some other guys, I haven't listened to that much of John Prine. Sure. Yeah. Um, but back to your point just a second ago of of the the young guys in America in the alternate country music scene. It, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, avid consumer of um of music and i'm always looking out for new guys coming through and and truthfully i don't listen to a lot of australian music it's all um all american guys that yeah. I, I listen to yeah um so like from sturgill simpson and oh yeah um tyler childers and uh turnpike troubadours um, yeah of course good, good there's, on, there's, yeah. A, there's a young there's a young girl, uh, Bella White, who I've just uh-huh. been loving her last album. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, it seems to be a real movement. Um, Zach Bryan, who has somehow become a superstar out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, you're and, right. And, it's, and, it... and, and say with Zach Bryan, you know, this guy, apparently he's, he's pretty much made it on his own off the back of, um, off sort of internet success or something you know he hasn't done it the traditional way he's done it um, mostly th- through the internet from what i can gather and sure. um, now he's headlining headlining massive festivals yeah yeah no it's awesome yeah it, it's definitely um it's relatable i think i think that's why people really enjoy it, it it's uh and most of the musicians are accessible uh their fans can can uh, feel like that 
they're not uh, there's not this big distance between them. They're they're not um, they're not separated away. So I think that uh, fans really yeah. appreciate that too about the Americana artist. Um, you are you continuing yeah, really to write? Relatable. Yeah. Uh, do you you have another project in mind? Are you you hoping to do this again? Oh look, I'd love to do it do it again. Um, <laughs> it'll go back to the old money situation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I'd. I'd I think for the the next for this year anyway, it'll be sort of um, organising a bunch of gigs, playing locally, playing playing around the place. Yeah. Trying to uh, at the moment, I don't have a, a a band as such set up. I've got a few different guys I play with from time to time, but right. I'd, I'd really like to get a bit more of a, a tight unit of a band going. That'd be a great thing to do. It's, yeah, it's hard to do in a little country town because your your uh, your pool's fairly limited, and you've got to travel a fair way to. To find anybody yeah, else, right? Sure. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I, but, I, um, but yeah, always writing. Yeah, that's always cool. Always writing new stuff, and 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 look. Hopefully, you never know. Hopefully, there'll be another album down the track. Yeah. Well, we hope so for you too. I I, I really enjoy it. Like I said, and I, I think I think you've got a unique style there, and and uh, definitely. I would like to see you get a chance to uh, explore it more. Um, the album, again, is uh, for better or worse, and it's available on streaming. A couple singles are out. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you personally if, if they'd like to uh, hear the music and if they'd like to correspond in some way? How do you like to communicate back to your fans? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can look up Morgan Tucker Music on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or if people want to get in touch with me directly, directly, they can always email me on morgantuckermusic at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. I appreciate uh, spending time with you and learning about your music, and we definitely yeah, wish thanks, you well with it. Okay, Greg. Thanks for that, mate. That was a really nice chat. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.